I wonder who would lift your hand and say, Lord, minister to my heart tonight. Come near to me, Jesus. Let the angel of the Lord come into this building tonight and the Holy Spirit that fell on the day of Pentecost sweep through this building. And may you fill, Lord, every single vessel. Our hands are lifted up. Our hearts are lifted up on a Saturday night, Lord. There is no greater place to be but with you, Lord, with our hearts being saturated with your goodness, your mercy, your love. Take the world out of our hearts, Lord Jesus. If there's any of us that have gone or drifted to the right or to the left, forgive us, Lord Jesus. What kind of service could we have tonight if you would just come down right now and take us into heavenly places? As we've already heard, if we would lose ourselves and forget about ourselves and our surroundings and just let the Word penetrate to our souls. I'm asking you, Lord, to heal every single person, Jesus, in their spirit, in their body. 
If there's needs, Lord, that are sometimes hidden beneath the surface, but you know all about it. Great physician. We leave the crowd. We leave the many people and the hands and the music and we go into that little room where it's you and us alone. We thirst for you, Lord. Oh, for meetings, God, that you could come and take control, that we're not just looking around and concerned or worried about how we look or feel, but give us more supernatural meetings, Lord, that come to our hearts, Jesus, where we're not spectators, but we're, we're involved, we're connected. There's a, there's a source there's an unseen source from an unseen realm that flows through us. Bless every effort, Lord. I know many are weary, maybe tired with the labors and service, giving, the heat. But I pray, Lord, as we just have these couple services together tonight and tomorrow morning, that you would just touch every life. Our graduates, those that have come to the end of a year, college, university, homeschooling, Oh, Jesus, we just want to take our helmet off for a little bit, lay it down on the bench next to us and get a refreshing from you, Lord. Oh, Jesus, just a few minutes in your presence. Just a few minutes, Lord, could make the difference. We give it to you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. I'm going to let you shake hands with one another. And thank you, musicians, very much. All the musicians, the... Can the brothers bring up my slides? I'd be fine. Brother Tim, can you bring up my slide? Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. Hallelujah. Thank you. I'm going to let you have your seats for a moment, and I just wanted to be able to greet you and the church here, where it's like coming back home again, and um, just want tonight to be a kind of a evening for, I know this is graduate weekend for us here celebrating with you, and um, thank the Lord for that, amen. Nice to see you, Sister Leanne Hildebrandt, God bless you, and I salute her and our precious brother Harold that's on the other side cheering us on tonight, brother Eddie's, hallelujah. My, if the Lord could give him a microphone and let him speak through this building tonight, he'd probably say, y'all are fantastic, just keep pressing on. He ran his course, and the baton's in your hand. For many years, we heard the baton's being passed, but I want to say the baton is in your hand, and I want you to feel that tonight and sense as I feel to commission to encourage the new generation tonight. I want you to feel that, and I know there's elders and older ones here and streaming but I want to speak to the uh, new generation, if you don't mind, and just give a message.
to uh, you. The Lord laid that on our heart before we came to speak to um, the new generation tonight. And so I wanted to bring you greetings from our local church and the saints in Washington State. This is a little building. Um, It's a community center we've been in for 19 months. And now uh, the Lord has blessed us. This is the inside of the building um, uh, when it's uh, set up and everything. And you can see the, it's, a, it's a nice uh, building on the inside. But just a few days ago, the Lord opened up another opportunity. Uh, just within the matter of days, we were able to see this building and sign the lease and give the deposit. And so even today, the believers were... Um, painting and fixing and cleaning, and the Lord willing, uh, Brother Zigclar is going to speak for us at our community center next Sunday, Father's Day, and then the Lord willing, maybe the next Sunday, we would be in the new building. Can you see that? So now, when you come to Washington State, you can know that you're welcome to come to End Time Message Tabernacle. <laughs> and and I, I'm not um, copywriting or breaking in on your trademark or anything, I hope, you know. But the Lord laid that on our heart to uh, call our new church, End Time Message Tabernacle. Then it all came flooding back to me, you know. The church in Edmonton is called End Time Message Tabernacle, but I think you love me and will never sue me for that or (laughs) take me to court or something, you know. We've gone through all that before. I mean, you can see the Uh, This is before they did some painting, and uh, the Lord gave us a pulpit, and we have a baptismal, and just a lot of things we could say, but isn't that a nice building? Want to bring you greetings from our family, and um, this is already an older photo from last year, but I haven't been here for four years, so (laughs) lots happened in four years. Some of you have grown a lot, up and out, and... I have to ask, who is that or who is that person? And uh, don't worry, I'll stay behind the pulpit tonight because uh, I'm still working on that too. Amen. I'm getting thinner. My wife is helping me. We have five ch- grandchildren now, and, and um, Timothy and Jessica have three children, and um, Victoria, our daughter, and, and John Waldner, they live on the Canadian side, and then Michael is still uh, saved, single, and searching. Amen. I want to bring you greetings from Poland, too. I just wanted to share this quickly. We, I was there for 14 services just for a few days, uh, a few days ago, and, and uh, we had a camp service, family camp, um, a little over 400 believers, which is a large group for them, and from 16 different countries of Poland and wanted to bring you greetings. You can see on the world map here, I know this church has been a real blessing to the continent of Africa. And uh, here we are in Canada. And you can see the things that are happening, but also you can see, I know Brother Ed's been through uh, Europe and Poland and Czech and Germany. I was just there. This is Belgium. We were just there in Germany over the uh, Pentecost weekend, and Brother Brother Tim Dodd was up here, and we were here, and Brother Tim Pruitt and Timothy Pruitt and Brother Busabosi was down here, so we kind of, from North America, we were all like four or five hours apart, but we were enjoying Pentecost meetings, 
in Germany. And so I just wanted to bring you some of those greetings uh, in the name of the Lord. Amen. My wife's here, my better half, and so it's nice to have her. I'd like to speak on this tonight, another generation that knows their God. And as we'll see in a few minutes, it came this way from Moses to Joshua and Caleb. Then it came into the, the new generation, and there rose up a generation in the message that did not know the Lord. And we have seen that cycle in the message happen from Brother Branham's time, our prophet, to uh, the last years, we would say, 60 years, I think, since the opening of the seals, we've seen a cycle of, I know my grandfather was a believer, my father um, was a believer, he's probably streaming tonight, and then myself, and then I have children, and I have grandchildren. We've already had five generations in the message, but we see what Brother Branham said, each succeeding generation uh, cools off. They get further away from God. But in the middle of all of that, in the real revival and in the word, there's something for each generation that we should not be declining and digressing. And I know we're in the computer age and cell phones and media and all of those things, but it's a real challenge in this hour when the Spirit of God is lifting off the earth. How many can recognize that? It's not easy. And the revival fires and the global, you know, pouring out of the Spirit, what some people would claim. But what the bride is looking for is what does that produce in our daily life? Are we closer to Jesus on Monday and on Tuesday? And, you know, I was uh, kneeling down and praying at Brother Zig's house and Sister Anita's home, and I just read one page of this book, Thirst. Just one page. And I thought, my, if you just took one page of this message and just really took it to heart in this age of, you know, fast and quick and TikTok and sending a message and everybody wants you to respond immediately. And we can get that way like fast food religion or drive through kind of message people where we want everything fast and we want everything good and... You know, we want that jolt of, you know, caffeine or we want that, you know, uh, we had a wonderful banquet last night and food and fellowship, but I noticed on some of the, you know, tables there was this drink and that drink and Coke or this kind of jolt and it's like we're all kind of, we have our thing, you know. I would love for it to be around me where there's, there's, a, there's Jesus is there and the Holy Spirit is present and messages, recognizing your day and its message. Let's stand tonight. I don't want to keep talking. Amen. Judges chapter 2. Let's turn. So I know it's unusual with the wedding tomorrow, but we're, we're going to have uh, tonight's service and tomorrow morning with the congregation. I know some are visiting from other um, churches, and there's actually other ministry in the city this weekend, and I contacted them today and let them know that um, you know, it's just good to have good relationships. I think it's just really, really good that the ministry convey from the, behind the pulpit um, our positive uh, brotherly kindness and love for the body of Christ. And 
And I know that we, we don't want to take on the spirit of our pastor, but the ministry in our church really conveys and sets a tone for the congregation. And if the ministry's arrogant and if they're proudful or think they got the best church and the best ministry and maybe the biggest church or, you know, we just got it here, that's kind of how the, the people in the congregation carry themselves. But that's not really a godly attitude. You know, God might call you to be little or small or he might put a, a weakness in your life or cause you to be a person that isn't dominating and charismatic, but don't hide behind that as, as an excuse for being who, who God has called you to be. And I'm speaking, addressing this to the new generation. I really want uh, each one of us to listen, but I want it to be something where the, uh, I, I, I wrote it down on my notes on the Edmonton grad weekend that this is a message to the new generation. In Judges chapter 2, uh, we'll just uh, pick it up in verse 6. And when Joshua, remember we had Moses. Moses, my servant, is dead now. Joshua, you take the people, which is a type of the Holy Spirit. When Joshua had let the people go, the children of Israel went every man unto his inheritance to possess the land. That is the reason why God sent a message is so that every single one of you would possess your inheritance, your life in the Holy Ghost. And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua. Listen close. And all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua who had seen all the great works of the Lord that he did for Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died being 110 years old, and they buried him in the border of his inheritance in timnath in the Mount of Ephraim on the north side of the hill Gaish. Now verse 10 is our verse tonight. And also all that generation were gathered unto their fathers. Watch how the Bible is making a distinction in the generations. That's why I'm speaking on a generation tonight. Also, all that generation were gathered unto their fathers, or they passed away, and there arose another generation after them which knew not the Lord. That's horrible. That's horrible. That you could have Moses. You could have Joshua. You could have trustees, deacons, ministers in the message. As long as they were alive and in the conventions and they were the speakers and the youth meetings and all the, you know, the summer conventions were full of speakers that everyone knew, but as they begin to pass away, hello, or got older, or weren't able to serve in that capacity, there arose up another generation. What does the Bible say? That knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. Father, we're here on a Saturday night. Pray the Holy Spirit would just minister 
to all of us together. We're together. But also those that are here, they're a part of the new generation. Not just young in age, because Joshua and Caleb was part of that also. But as they got older, still 85 years old, they were claiming their land. God, from the oldest to the youngest, all of us, just feast from this message. And be encouraged tonight, I pray, in Jesus Christ's name. And everyone said, God bless you, you can have your seats. Another generation, and you know, Brother John, by now, I'm not negative, and I always lean toward the positive, so our scripture speaks about a generation that rose up after them which knew not the Lord. Brother John's not going to speak about Edmonton and the darkness. I'm not going to speak about Russia and Ukraine. I'm not here to speak about what's the television shows and, and the, you know, June month being LBGPQ and rainbow flag. We're not here to do that tonight. We're believers. We believe this message. We have enough of that in our daily lives and the media and the newspapers and the, you know, we've gone through a school year. We're here on grad weekend. I feel it ought to really give a credit to the Lord Jesus that we're not going to give him, Satan, any more of our time. We're going to focus on the message. We're going to eat from the word. We're going to read our Bibles. We're going to pray. We're going to have godly songs. Did you appreciate the, the young people that sang tonight and, and our young lady that stood here? And I said to Brother Ed in the back, we need, we need here to encourage our young people. Encourage the new generation. And we should never speak negative or condescending to our young people. Never. Judges 2 verse 10 speaks about a generation that passed away or were gathered to their fathers. And there arose another generation. That's, I'm speaking on this tonight. Another generation after them. And this, it was they knew not the Lord. We don't need to turn, but Daniel 11.32, Daniel prophesied of a generation or people, but the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. That's speaking of you. He didn't say they would be gamers and... You know, YouTube influencers. Hello. He didn't say they would be the fastest on the Olympic teams. I mean, how many message believers do you know is playing in the NHL hockey finals tonight? Come on. How many NBA stars, Major League Baseball stars are message believers? Come on. It steals your life. It takes you away from the Lord. Say, well, I'll do it in the off season. I'll come back and be in the church on Sunday and I'll be a strong believer. The rest of it never happens. And don't let your job steal your life. Don't let a relationship steal your life. Don't let your family control you. Whether a good family or a bad family, people walk away from the Lord or a dominating mother-in-law or a manipulating friend. 
Don't let them steal part of your life and your energy and your passion for the Lord Jesus. I'm speaking to the new generation. There will be a generation that will know their God and be strong. And God will back up their word. Listen close like he did their prophet. The same angel of the Lord that stood with William Branham in the Branham Tabernacle, which is where Brother John was raised. And every service, that angel of the Lord stood with Brother Branham throughout the seven seals and just watching what he was saying and just watching his behavior. And that same angel of the Lord is in this building tonight. He's watching every word. He's watching your attitude. He doesn't want us to hear stories and just tell jokes. That's why the ministry and the message shouldn't just be always superstars and people we elevate up to be something that they're not and then the people wonder. No, it ought to be the congregation is being edified. We're, you're being strengthened. You're being renewed. We're putting rocks in your script bag to go out and kill your Goliath. There will be a generation in the message that knows God. And they are strong. And they will do exploits. Now Jesus, Jesus, and this is an incredible scripture, spoke about people that would come to him in that day, Matthew 7, 22 and 23, and say, Lord, Lord, haven't we prophesied in thy name and in thy name have cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. This is incredible. Not only do they not know him, this is judges now, a generation grew up in the message. Didn't say they didn't know about Moses or they didn't know about Joshua. They probably had pictures on their walls and they, you know, Moses standing there with his rod. You know, they just, my, he was our prophet of the living God. Didn't say they didn't know Moses. It says they didn't know the Lord. It's a big difference. Say, well, I know the pastor, or I know the Sunday school teacher, or I've got a really good friend that's a Christian. God's asking you to be part of a generation that would know him. Here's a whole generation of people, some saying, I've done all these things, and he's going to say, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. So a generation that knows their God and will never have to be ashamed. You don't have to be ashamed tonight because you're a believer. I mean, we, we give so much attention in our minds to people that leave the message or people that, you know, have been in the church and, and maybe not verbally, but it really affects our psyche when people for a long time are in the church and then they go out into the world. Are you listening tonight? And you might not never say it, but you just ask about that person or what about so-and-so? And My, it's just incredible. No, they, they're divorced or they left the message or no, they're, they're with another person or you know, I, I, you see them the other day and they're in shorts or something. It just really affects your psyche more than oftentimes a person that's faithful. 
that's in the church. And they walk by you and we, we get common with one another. God help us tonight. I want to know the Lord. And I want to be around people that know the Lord and are on fire for God. You, you go down to the pub tonight and they got the NHL, NHL hockey game going and they're watching it and they're, they're excited and they'll scream. You know, when, you know when the Edmonton Oilers, they score a goal and they're, if they would ever be back in the playoffs. I mean, you'd be able to hear it for blocks. Is that right? Blocks, because every, that's our team. It ought to be that way in the house of God. They hear us for blocks when, when the Lord begins to penetrate down into these thick skull of ours. And we get so carnal and we get stuck in our little rut and our hair, you know, and our phone, you know. Do you use Android? Do you use iPhone? Yeah, blueberry or blackberry. I know Brother Tim Dodd, I think, is hopefully growing up out of the blueberry. Has he? Blackberry? I don't know, but... You know, do you use Android? Yeah, we are praying for him. And you, do you consult Google or Siri or what's all these phrases? Some of us know more about those things than we do. What did the prophet say about that? What does the word say about that? In the message influence, Brother Branham said, don't be ashamed of what God has called you to do. No one can take your place and you cannot take others place brother Branham said that speaking in 1963 on influence it's a good something to say to young people don't be ashamed of what God has called you to do no one can take your place turn to a person next to you and say no one can take your place Thank you, Brother Ed. Appreciate that. But you cannot take others' place. So stop it. Excuse me, I'm already bringing correction. We're not even hardly into the service, but we cannot take others' place. We need to be more comfortable in your skin and realize that your whole life's mission is to die to yourself and get out of the way. That is the secret in life. Maybe tomorrow morning I might speak on that. That is really the secret, is learning to get out of the way. He said in another message, voice of the sign, no one can take your place, your peculiarity. peculiarity. But help me out, Brother Moses. Amen. Peculiarity, or Brother Max will say, say it better and. Irish or Italian or something. But you say, I'm just trying to find myself and I'm just trying to find really who I am. And then when you're arrogant and proudful and boastful, that's not you. That's not the real you. That's who you need to die out to. That's who I need to die out to. I'm, I, I'm speaking a message to the new generation that we would know the Lord. Don't waste your whole life trying to be someone you're not and find out at the end if you would have only given your life to Christ, it would have saved you a lot of trouble. And all the elders said, don't waste your whole life trying to be another person. 
God made you you. And the sooner we get that personal revelation that our whole life mission is to fulfill his purpose. We have graduates and we've come to another school year and things, but we don't have a hundred different choices. You can get quiet, but I'm speaking to you. We don't have a hundred choices and a thousand different jobs. God has a mind and he has a will and he's not going to override your free moral agency. But surely we've learned that the best way is God's way. And the, the really the place you're the most satisfied is when you're doing what he's called you to do. Not what you want to do and not what someone else is saying, I think you ought to do this. And they put a lot of pressure on you. We really need to wrestle it out with the Lord. And that would save a lot of complexes and a lot of hurt. Hello. A lot of hurt. The complexes just get you all worked up on the inside. Last night we spoke to the graduates on you are of age to meet his need. And we were speaking out of the scripture where the Bible says that the parents of the man that was healed, his eyes were healed, and they came to the parents and they said, he is of age, ask him. And that means they've grown up. They're not a little baby no more. We're, we're not in grade school. We're not wearing diapers. You're not in middle school. You're of age. It's time to be where it's not demanding maturity, but you're of age now. Stop acting like you're back there. And we all want the keys to the car or we want the promotion, but our attitude isn't right or our spirit is still, you know, we don't get what we want. You understand? Well, you can get so much out of dramatics, you know. People know what you mean. We can get like that. And it's amazing if we had a little webcam sometimes on us how immature we would be or on our thoughts. You know, what, what we think about is heard louder in heaven than our words are on earth. That's what Brother Branham said. He said, your thoughts are heard louder in heaven than your words are on earth. So be careful what you allow to come into your mind. Because you will become what you feed on. And the internet sites that you view and the books that you read and, and the people that's around you that you allow to be around you, they're forming a character. And is it the character of Christ? I'm here to encourage you tonight to know the Lord, to know God. We read it in the scriptures that we read. I'll just put it on one screen so you can look at this in Judges about the generations. He was talking about the generations and then there rose another generation. So that means there were those that went before them and went to their reward, but then there was another generation after them. Brother Bradham said a succeeding generation. That's his words in the church age book which knew not the Lord. Is it possible that someone know a lot about the Lord, but don't know him? 
Is it possible that we could describe, you know, Brother Kevin Ahinekew to you and describe you what he looks like and his dear wife and where she's from? And we're so glad that you're not sitting on the front row single anymore, but you're sitting in the third row married now, Brother Kevin. And we could describe him and talk about his father and his mother and the reservation and talk about his job and uh, the reservation, meaning where, where his family's from, and, and Saskatchewan, and different things. We could talk and describe all about him, about him, and you say, my, I, I just think I could, I just think I know him. But really, you don't know him till you meet him, you speak to him, you could know a lot about him. Is that right? I don't know, want to just know a lot about the Lord, and about the message, and You've been raised in the message, and you know better, and you know how to live, and what to do, and then, but we don't know the Lord. God help us, Lord, in our churches, not to build a whole atmosphere where people are comfortable to learn about the Lord, to know about the Lord. And Brother Branham talked about charts and the blackboard. Now it's a PowerPoint. We can know a lot about the seven church ages and the seven seals and the presence of the Lord and all the doctrines and never even know him. And Brother John has traveled a lot and even recently this year, been in a lot of countries, and I can tell you this is true. There's a difference between knowing the message and knowing Christ. It's very dangerous to be raised in the message. It's a privilege to be raised in the message. And to know a lot about the prophet and the quotes. And know how they all tie in, you know, and where the preacher's going. And we've heard it all. We can get that attitude. And I say, Lord, bring back the new again. Bring back a refreshing to my heart, Lord. Hallelujah. I think it was Brother Ed said tonight, we just get out of ourselves and, you know, get into that other dimension. Don't condemn the world for getting in the spirit of what they get into and then get comfortable in some religious spirit. We're in the message and we're getting ready for the rapture when there's people in this building that, that need to get closer to the Lord. I need to get closer to the Lord. If there would be any of us that would be in Matthew 7 that would live our whole lives and come to the Lord on that day thinking I prophesied, I've cast out devils, I've been to youth camps, I've been to conventions, I've shook hands with great preachers. I'm on their WhatsApp. I could, we can say all of that. And Jesus will say, I don't know who you are, but my name is, and my father is a pastor, you know, and my, I I was in a good church and my Sunday school teacher. I don't want any person here to hear the words, I never knew you. You lived your whole life. You drank coffee. You drank Coca-Cola. You went to school. You graduated. Woohoo! 
You drove a car. You were talented. You were good looking. Or maybe you were ugly. Maybe your ears were just so beautiful. Or maybe they stuck out really big. Somebody that graduated last night, my, when I, I remember that person as how I was having big ears. And my, I look at them now and they're just so beautiful, handsome. I'm not going to say who. I mean, I saw their photo last night. I'm like, wow. Time does do good things to some people. Amen. <laughs> and I visit after four years and I find out time does other things to other people, you know. We cannot bury our head in the sand in the message and deny that time has gone on. I was thinking of that in my motel room this afternoon after coming back from the wonderful time we shared with some of you. Time has gone on and it's not the way that it used to be. I said, it's not the way that it used to be. And it's not the good old days and stories that's going to bring the bride into rapturing faith. It's going to be the lovely Lord Jesus coming down and making love with individuals and them knowing him and him knowing them. God, may this generation, I pray a blessing on you right now, that this generation would know their God. That this generation would be strong in the Lord. Not just always strong to know all the memory verses. Not just strong to be able to quote all the messengers and their eight, you know, have it all. I'll give you a blank pyramid and you put in all the, the names of the messengers and all the names of the virtues and all, and then you get a star. I'm not being funny. I'm being real. There's going to be people because Jesus said it. That's going to come to him at that day and probably would be able to fill out the chart, get it all right, prophesy, cast out devils, Wear their dress good. No earrings. No makeup. But they don't know him. That's horrible. You sacrifice your whole life. Wouldn't it be better to meet him? To love him? To be filled with him? And somebody give you a chart and you got it backwards and weird and you got different virtues over here and him say, you know what? I love you anyway and I love you, Jesus. And and this is really where it's at. Okay, Lord. Yeah, I see. Friends, we're not academic. We're not here to give an intellectual speech tonight. I'm not a motivational minister. I'm not a charismatic preacher. I'm someone that's been born in the message, raised in the message, I'm part of the generation that was prophesied by Daniel, you would be strong and do great exploits. Is this okay tonight? Um, Forgive me for raising my voice. We spoke last night on you are of age to meet his need and we found out that 
There was needs that was in Samaria. He had need to go by Samaria means Jesus was motivated to meet the need of his hour. And there was a lady that her life was in chaos and she had a need and didn't even know it. But there was someone that was already coming her way for he had needs to go by Edmonton. For Jesus had needs to go by Edmonton. Then I think it's good word to hear a scripture, seek first the kingdom of God. I speak to the new generation tonight, seek it first. Run after it hard. You study good, you study hard. You burn the midnight oil, you'll drink energy drinks to study till two in the morning to get a good grade. Why? Because you want to be successful. You want to make it. You know, you'll look at diagrams, you'll lay under a truck, you'll get a wrench. For hours you'll spend filling your heart and your mind to get a good grade or I want to get higher. We move from Africa to North America. We move from different places. We want to do better. We want to do better than uh, for our children. We want our children to do better than we did. We'll move from Philippines. We'll move from wherever country to, you know, this great land of Canada or America. They want to find the American dream and they find out when they get here, they have to work two jobs and three jobs and they're stressed out and they're this and they're that and don't get caught on the treadmill. I have good advice for you tonight. If you're on that kind of a treadmill, get off. Get off. It's destroying you. It's killing you. Stop long enough on a Saturday night to just be honest. If you're going in the wrong direction, it's killing you. They'll stab you in the back. They'll talk bad about you. As long as you have the money to pay for their extra drink or where we're going and you got the food. And, but as soon as all that stops, you're just a nobody. They'll take your virginity. They'll want to kiss you, hold you, love you, they say. And they'll have sex with you before marriage. You can get as quiet as you want to. I'm speaking to the new generation. They'll misuse your, vir your virtues. They'll say all the right words and get you in an awkward spot. And then when it's all said and done, you feel guilty, you feel embarrassed, you feel ashamed. I say, God, restore your precious presence back into our lives again where where it's just automatic that we give our lives to the Lord. It's just something, it's just the next step. I, I speak sometimes to parents and they speak to us about when their children should be baptized, you know, when is too early, when is too young. Brother Branham answered the question. He said, when they ask. And we give an eight-year-old a cell phone. And we give a nine-year-old, you know, free pass. Go. Here's a, you know, go into the West Ed Mall. Do this. Go down to, and a 10-year-old, we'll, we'll allow to look on some machine. And they'll get, they'll get addicted to it. Because you're too fussy and don't want to be a mother or father. You'll let a gadget 
babysit them, and they become addicted, and you wonder why their attention span is lost, and why they don't love, and why they don't respect you. It's because you have given them something where there's a... And they're consumed with it. You know, the worldly standard shouldn't be the standard of the bride. They rate it far and mature, and we're giving it to our 12-year-olds. Come on, friends. I'm, I'm speaking to the new generation. Oh, how we ought to give one another Christ. I give you Jesus. I'll give you a testimony. I'll give you a word of encouragement. Amen. That's why these meetings are good. Having Brother John come occasionally is good. It's good for Brother Ed, Brother Andrew, Brother Max, Brother John, Brother Moses, just to have another minister come to support you in your time of transition. I dearly loved your, your previous pastor. I dearly loved him like a son. I love the present ministry. I love this church. I love the city of Edmonton. I really do. I'm sorry when I was 16 years old and I got on some of your nerves, you know. The older ones. I say that tomorrow morning, they'd all know what I'm talking about. But I'm sorry. I'm still here getting on your nerves, you know. But the thing about it is, it's good to have love from one another and people that know the Lord. Even if we're humble or we're simple, you know, than to be in the world and... I remember as a young boy listening to the radio, you know, and they announced um, Johnny Bench. He was a famous, you know, uh, catcher, I think for the Cincinnati Reds, I think. But my nephew from Ohio would know, wouldn't he, Hannah? Probably Philip Hatfield would say, ah, that's exactly right. But I remember he's retiring and Hannah's part of my family. We're family, by the way, that's... They came to us and asked me privately about Brother John Perizoc. So I'm glad they're married tonight, aren't you? I mean, <laughs> I gave a good recommendation. I really did. Say, so what about this guy? You know this guy? I know this guy. So anyway, back to the story. And Johnny Bench, he's retiring, and they, they announced his name, and the crowd, they clapped, they cheered, they roared. It went on for 30 seconds, 45 seconds, 60 seconds, 90 seconds. Over two minutes, the crowd stood and cheered. And that really impressed me as a young man. I thought, wow, that's incredible. I wonder where he is tonight. Wayne Gretzky. I wonder where some of the movie stars are. Let's not take one another for granted. We might not get the roar of the crowd from the world. But from one another, we shouldn't take one another for granted. And none, none of that's in my notes. There was a young man, and I do have this in front of me to give a testimony about. I was just with him. He's older and married and has children, and he's a elder in a church. He's, I think, a trustee, song leader. But he was raised in the message, and his father was a minister. And as he got into his teens and early 20s, he went away from the Lord. He went out into the world. 
And he came back on a Wednesday night. Or sorry, it was a Saturday night. My emphasis was it wasn't a Sunday. It was a visiting minister. It wasn't a charismatic service. It wasn't a loud meeting. In fact, he sat right in the very back. And they said he kept his head down the whole service. He's just embarrassed. He's ashamed. He's backslidden, coming back to the Lord, the service. You know, as I said, it wasn't loud and demonstrative. It was more teaching type of a service. But at the end of that meeting, that young man came to the altar and gave his heart to Christ. And the pastor gave me the story again just a few days ago. He's from Europe. And this young man, literally, the Holy Ghost just struck him, this young man. And he was filled with the Holy Ghost. He goes right back to that night. He started to run around the building. He literally jumped up two feet, they said, high up in the air. He began to run around the building. This was a young man that had went away from the Lord, come back on a service that was just teaching, 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 about to close the service. And all of a sudden, he comes forward, gives his heart to the Lord, and the Holy Ghost just strikes him. And he's never been the same. Now he's married and a song leader of the message and a leader of the message. I just praise the Lord for his life. So it's not all the thunder. It's not all the noise and loud preaching. He had his head down most of the service, but he received the Holy Ghost. And I want to bring your attention to the new generation because we're facing an addiction in this hour. It's a global pandemic. We thought COVID was bad, but there's other addictions that affect the new generation. And it comes through devices. It comes through mechanical devices. Phones and internet, computers, tablets, TV, gaming, the music we listen to. We can become so addicted to our cell phone And that's just as much sin as pornography. You don't hear a lot of preachers preaching this and saying this publicly. Because a lot of them are just as guilty. Being addicted to your cell phone is just as much a sin as pornography. Or smoking. Or drinking. Or lying. Those are things that we need to be delivered from can become so public that I have this addiction or I have this issue or I have this problem. But I'm here tonight, and I'm going to say it very clearly, to the new generation. That's an addiction. And God help us to get addicted with Jesus Christ. Let's gather our licks of fire together. Let's come together in his presence. The Holy Ghost does not come by debate. I say this in a local message church. We don't need more politics. There's no families in the church that are better than other families. Or say we have a senior family. They're more influential. Well, well, they ought to be more humble. It's not, this church isn't controlled by a family. I think I have the liberty to preach tonight. Amen. You know me well and I know you well 
And um, I'm speaking to the new generation. I think this is very important. I don't think Bill Gates would be saying this tonight if he was standing here. Is that right? Bill Gates, Jeff Bozo, Bezo is speaking for your grad? Wow. There'd be people want to come to your church just to hear him. You know, we don't need Jeff Bezo, Bozo, Bill Gates, some football star. Wow. They got a million followers. And they might be going right to hell. I'm not being funny. This is true. There will be no music or no nothing of the world be able to comfort your heart in the regions of the lost. Think about it tonight. If you're living that way and maybe you're just kind of going along in the message. Well, that ungodly thing is not going to comfort you in the regions of the lost. And I'm not preaching emotion. This is reality. There's no superior race of people in the message. White, black, yellow, colored, Filipino, African, Samoan, Fijian, United States, New Zealand, I don't care, native. There is no superior race. Stop being a racist if you even think that way. You're not better than nobody else. I'm part of the God race. Well, be a believer then. Stop all that nonsense. Well, my friends are white. My friends are Filipino. My friends are, you know, their skin is black. Or my, they're just... Are we become babies and infants? We ought to be able to feel comfortable, put our arms around, talk to, communicate. Does this church believe what I'm talking about? We're part of a God race. You know, is there going to be black angels as heaven, Brother John? Is there going to be white angels? I don't know. It's not on the, the radar of, I've got a mighty revelation. All the angels are white. Then you go to Africa and all the angels are black. Really? I just want to be there. We have it all the time when we travel. Germany, Africa, Poland, whatever. You know, what language are we going to speak in heaven? And I always say, you know, your language, you know. I'm in Poland, it's Polish. I'm in, you know, who, who cares? It probably won't be English. I'm I'm seeking to be there. Just make sure you're there. Just make sure you're there with the angels. Work hard. Be industrious. I believe in all of that. I believe Caleb... That was kind of the nature in his family. We don't know a lot about Caleb's, and I'll speak more about that in the morning maybe. We don't know a lot about Caleb's wife. I'm talking Caleb in the Bible. But we do know about his daughters. And we we know that 
they asked for a certain land for an inheritance, and they wanted more. Let me know that. This is Joshua and Judges. It's two times. And, and, you know, we want the upper springs. And they, in other words, they had been raised to give me some spirit around here. Give me some life. I don't want just some dry desert rock. God bless you, brother. You're in the message. Hallelujah. I'm happy to just be sitting here on the pew. No, they, they were raised to say, give me some spirit, man. Give me some springs. Give me some fresh water. Around. My goodness, I, I, I don't want to sleep with a cactus at night. Ah, you know, they were raised up. To, give me some skin, man. Give me some skin, man. Didn't you just hate COVID, all this math and you know, fish bump and sex, sex and meters? I don't think we'll be wearing masks in heaven. Black mask, blue mask, respirators, no, no. None of that's going to be in heaven. I'm not speaking lightly. I'm just being real. I'm speaking to the new generation. If we can't enjoy our services, you might as well go into the world somewhere, you know? If we get to a form and everything is just... And we get comfortable and our... God, just strike us, Lord. Just send down the Holy Spirit. Put fire underneath me. It's not beating the turtle that's going to get him moving. It's put a fire underneath him. Say, I beat him on the top. They're just going to... But you just put fire under a person? You fill them with the Holy Spirit? I want to encourage you, new generation. Please, pass us up. Do better than we did. Don't be like us. Don't preach like Brother Harold. Don't preach like Brother Ed. Don't preach like Brother John. Come on. You be what God's called you to be. You, you don't need to be like the pastor's wife. She's trying to die to herself. Right, Sister Sandy? So stop trying to be like her. Well, we're going to dress like her. Our family's going to be like their family. Well, you talk to all of them. Right, Brother Ethan? He's writing a note. Sorry. You don't want to be like Ethan. God forbid you're like Brother Ethan. He's like, God, I don't want to be like, I just so, I want to die to myself and get out of the way. And you're like, I want to be like Brother Ethan. Oh, Brother Ethan. No, he's over there saying, dying to himself. Get out of the way. Lord, I'm tired of my mistakes I've made and what I've done. And you're like, oh, I can be like Brother Ethan. You talk about drama. Who enjoyed the play here a couple weeks ago that this church had? The play and this wonderful... I was able to stream it from Poland in the, probably the middle of the night. And I'm looking at this. Something's going on in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. And some of the stars are right on the front row. And Man, I can see you all today. Brother Max drove me back to my motel. I was in the car with him. Wow, I just, I sat right behind Brother Max. 
Hallelujah. I shook hands with Brother Andrew Dodd. Wow. That was wonderful. But it's not all about just the star moments or the great big services or, you know, this type of moment. We always live in the moment. Well, you're living in the now. It's where the rubber meets the road. It's, the new generation needs to be raised up to know that it's not all about the superstar moments. And when your hair's just right and when you're, everything's just, you're ready to go. Let's go! And then there's times you don't feel like going. And it's in those moments that we need to know that we're a generation that knows our God. And we have needs. And you might be in the special needs department. One of our volleyball teams today, I walked over there and they say, we're the special needs team. And I started encouraging them and then they got a point and then they got another point. I'm like, they don't need me around. Sometimes we just need to encourage one another. <sighs> we do. People in the world sometimes act better than message people do. How many's ever seen uh, clips of those people that run marathons or they run in a certain race and maybe somebody collapses and then somebody comes right up and begins to pick them up? Here they're just about ready to cross the finish line of a huge marathon and a person just collapses, you know? And uh, most people just run on past. We've been training for the last three years, brother. But how many's ever seen it before where they reach down and they pick them up, you know, and they pick them up and they say, come on, we're going across the line. I don't, is that according to the rules? It doesn't matter. They're like picking them up and they're taking them across the line and they're not even believers. And some of us walk by, by people that are going through issues and things and it's like the priest and the Levite that did that in the Bible. And we're too busy. And it was a Samaritan man, a man that the Jews hated. The Jews and the Samaritans, like, they weren't on the same page. And the Samaritan, he's the one that knelt down. He's the one that poured in the oil. He's the one that poured in the wine. He's the one that put this man up on his own beast or anointing and took him to the inn. He's the one that said, if there's anything lacking... I, on return, I'll pay it. God help us tonight. How many would say, God help us? Yeah. We're the, you are the new generation. And I'm looking at a scripture, but I'm going to maybe read it tomorrow. So I'll read the quote that follows Joshua. Brother Branham said in 1964, each generation, when the church usually gets it so mixed up and everything, Till when the time comes for the word to be fulfilled, they're looking back to some other generation way back. What happened way back some other day, and they miss seeing what's happened in that day. Like in Brother Branham's day, we can be guilty of looking back. Hello? And we can look back to the 1980s, and we can look back to the 2000s. It's global where you have these, uh, uh, they're cults in the message. 
And the pastor gets older, maybe not able to serve, and they play his tapes. They play his tapes, and they play their tapes from something of, you know, years ago. It's like, where's the new generation? Where's the young men? Why haven't they been encouraged? Amen. Where's the young ladies singing? We're going to have sister so-and-so see, and they push her up there, and she's the star singer. Where's the young ladies that ought to be encouraged? Well, they're just not as good. They don't song lead like we do. They're not supposed to. They don't get up there and sing the old gospel hymns. They're not born in that generation. They're born now. Still the same Holy Ghost. We ought to be encouraging the new generation. We ought to be picking them up and bringing them across the line. They do it in the world. God, help us not to be looking back and telling stories about our day when we know very good and well. We know very good and well, as much as we don't want to admit it, we'll tell the good things and the drama. And it sounds so good, so good to where the new generation says, man, I'll never be able to live like that, and they flounder and they flounder because you're feeding them some superstar mentality. It's time that some of our older ones give their testimonies and talk about the hard times, talk about where they failed God, talk about when they prayed and nothing happened, talk about when mommy made mistakes, talk about when daddy did drugs. Talk, come on, friend. We, we can make things always look the good things and the good, and it's just like the world. On Monday, they're showing all the home runs and all the touchdowns and all the goals. They're not showing all the blood and the guts and working out and eating better. I'm speaking tonight about a generation, a body of people globally. You have become a word people. You're the generation that's going in the rapture. They operate together. And we're going through times of transition where we need to move to the next step. It's time for the next step to turn the corner, to move to the next level. This church needs to do that. This church is doing that. The bride globally is doing that. It's happening globally. We're founding pastors or elder ministers that were pioneers and they were leaders and they were strong. They're passing away. They're getting older. The baton is in the new generation's hand. And stop, you know, giving it to them, then taking it back. Then, oh, you did this, and you don't preach like I do. You're not preaching. Well, you can't be the Sunday school teacher. You're only... We need to transition. We need to succeed to the pass off the baton. Pass off the baton. And let it go. Let them run. Well, I wouldn't run that way. Did you see how his stance is? Did you see how she does that? They're different than you. We're talking about a change happening, a shift in the message. We're to succeed in the plan of God, and it's unfolding, it's moving forward. These are all, quote, the succeeding generation. This is something someone streaming could just... 
See what I'm speaking about. Brother Branham speaks about succession. That's right. He talks about turning the corner. Right. He speaks about this generation and the new generation. I, I encourage any person, if you're taking notes, to look up all that Brother Branham said about the old fighters. Old fighters. And Brother Branham described them amazingly. Their attitude, they fuss, they fight. They're territorial. And you see that in the message. And it's not right. And it's not the Holy Spirit. It's a weakness in the older generation. It's time to turn the corner and let the new generation thrive and live and breathe and make mistakes and fall flat on their face. And what do you do? Get up. Let's go. You can do this. That's what we're supposed to be ministering and conveying. Is the God that led us through the Red Sea 40 years ago? Is the God that's with you now in the Jordan River? And the God that did it for us? He'll do it for you. Listen, we need to stop this kind of, where we're just always, it's like in our minds. It's like in our psyche. It's on our walls. It's, you know, in a lot of churches. They make the prophet image so the main thing. There's a time for a one-man ministry. There is time for that. There's times that only one person can fulfill a role. Jesus died on the cross. He's the Lamb of God. He's the Lion of the tribe of Judah. The Lamb broke the seven seals. Do we all agree? There's a time for that prophetic office. But then there's a time for a Joshua and Caleb. And you read in Joshua 1.1, Moses, my servant, is dead. It's called transition. It's called a change. Then you read Judges 1.1, and it says Joshua died. So then they're looking for a leader. Just go, you can just write it down. It's in Judges. It's Joshua Judges. Okay, Moses passes away. Then there's leaders in the message. Now I'm going to our opening scripture. Are you all awake right now? And as long as the elders that outlived Joshua was alive in the message, they did good. But they begin to pass away or get old or get to where they couldn't travel to all the conventions, you know, or they wasn't the number one speaker all the time at the youth camp. So there were others that were taking their place. There arose up a generation that didn't know the Lord. Now, that's horrible. That's where tonight we need to say that's not going to happen. I know, I know the Lord. I want to know him. That's a my life story. That's my life song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Well, if you all leave and go to the world, I, I believe the message. We're here to serve the Lord. That's not a bad attitude. But if we all had that, come on now. If we all had that, it'd stop a lot of this looking. Well, how's she taking this? You know, how's he taking this? You know, Shadrach, how you doing? You going back? Not on your life, man. You're not going back. Get in here. 
I mean, there was a camaraderie. Caleb had trained his daughters to love the land. Love the land. And don't never marry some loser that just stays at home. He won't work. He just... When Caleb came time for his daughter, this will be nice for you ladies to hear this. When Caleb said, whoever takes that city gets my daughter. That's what he said. Whoever's going to marry my daughter has got to take this city. And all the losers went home. All the Sunday morning guys said, I ain't good. That's right. I wouldn't want to get my feet stepped on by nobody that think I was spiritual. Well, stay at home. There was one guy drew his sword and said, I can take that city, man. And everybody comes back there, you know, we're looking for some suave, debonair guy to come walking in there. And he comes back, man, he's got mud all over his face. He's all dirty, man. He's carrying the head of the king. Say, I want my baby, man. Excuse me, I better not look at nobody. I want my baby, you know. <laughs> Where's she at? There's like hearts in his eyes. But don't mess with him on the battlefield, man. He's a warrior. Do you understand? This was Brother Caleb now saying, she is of age. She's finally of age. My beautiful daughter. Right, Brother Ray? You went through all this, right? You're not going to mess with my daughter. I'll lay a shotgun over my You come in and want to, you want my daughter? Be a man. My son had that happen. I know what I'm talking about. She walks in and the, the, the brother has a gun laid across his knees. He's like, wow, you know, that's intimidating. <laughs> well, they got married, so somebody won. God, give us more young men that would say, I'm going to take that city. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to come on Wednesday night. I'm going to be there Sunday night, Sunday morning. What can I do around the church? There's needs here. There's needs here. Boy, that really shocked some of our mothers if we heard that. Is there something I can do? Can I take out the trash? Goodness, man, she'd be grabbing. Whew, did he really say that? Dad, can I put some gas in the car? Well, you drove it. Put the gas in the car. I don't have the money. Go get a job. Work. Take transit. We, we give everything to our children, and we wonder why they get spoiled. I believe the new generation should work, hold down a job. If they get in a hard spot, humble themselves and ask. I think that's good counsel. The new ministry now, we begin to see Joshua and Caleb getting older. Now we find it come into the 12 tribes. They weren't all to live in one tribe. Wherever Caleb lives, I've got to go to that church. Do you see how Joshua holds his Bible and how he... We're not all supposed to live around Joshua. Hello? Your land and the Holy Ghost may be different than another. Hello? 
I'm speaking to the new generation that knows their God. We're not all supposed to be the same. And there's seasons of our lives. Not everybody that leaves your church and goes to another church is backslidden. Maybe they need it. Maybe that other church needs it. Okay? Do we all understand? We're not all supposed to be under one ministry. We're the ministry of the Lord Jesus, the prophet. You know that, but we're... Brother Ed Hammermeister's ministry cannot feed the whole bride in Edmonton. I don't even think he claims that. No minister in his right mind would even say that. They're out of their mind when they say that. It's not the mind of Christ. We're not all supposed to be under a certain church or ministry all the same. You find your place. You find your place. Is this okay tonight? You find your place. Let us stand like Joshua and Caleb. Our promised land is coming in sight even as theirs did. Talked about Joshua meaning Jehovah Savior. And Caleb represents those that stayed true with Joshua. How many would say, Lord, now that this new generation has come, keep me true? Stay true. You can do this. There's others that's gone before us. But now, here's another message. All that God was, he poured into Jesus. And all Jesus was, he poured into the church. He's in the church. The believers. So friends, there is a time to move from one man ministry to body ministry. I got to look for the time somewhere. Well, I think it's time for us to close. Had a good Saturday night. My mind's going. I'm trying to find when did I start? When did I start? Oh my. So we'll move till tomorrow morning. So welcome to the new generation. We we weren't all supposed to be 60 years ago in the Branham Tabernacle and the young people that were there. We're the young people now. You elders, we're supposed to be strong elders, and God is going to hold us accountable for how we're handing off the baton. And we're not all trying to be like you, my precious brother or sister. You served well. You've done your part. But instead of going like this, we need to start going like this and let people breathe and be different. And be different. And I'm not speaking immoral or wrong things or compromising. I know, you know and I know, the Holy Spirit is very timid and he's like a dove. How many know that? He will not come on a rebellious, stubborn, stiff-necked person. And he is a gentleman. Without the Holy Ghost, no one will make it in the rapture. I'm bringing it down really as we go. Everyone that goes in the rapture will have the Holy Ghost. Isn't that wonderful to hear this? A young person filled with the Holy Ghost. How many think that's wonderful? I mean, our children filled with the Holy Ghost. My father and mother, Ken and Joyce Andes, gave part one of their testimony last Sunday. And they're giving part two next Sunday, Father's Day. And it's so wonderful to hear a mother say she gave her heart to the Lord when she was five years old.
that the Lord spoke to her, I think when she was 10 or 12, and said, you're going to marry a minister. God can talk to you. We've put it all out there somewhere. You know, only the prophet, only the deacon, only the preachers. No, God wants to talk to all of us, friend. Isn't it wonderful to hear this? A father filled with the Holy Ghost. Who thinks that's wonderful? That sister is filled with the Holy Ghost. I can just sense when I'm around that person. They're different. What makes them different? Now, uh, unfortunately, we know that about the negative sometimes. I haven't been here and ministered here for almost four years. We were here for Brother Hildebrandt's uh, birthday on the Saturday and went back home. We were here for his memorial and we had to leave to go back home. This is in four years, our first time back here to minister here. Sometimes it's good. And in other times you look into the face of a person and you just know something's not right. Like where are they at? You know what I'm talking about? I'm, I'm ending on maybe a negative, but there's a generation that will not know the Lord. And you can see they're, they're going. They're lost. They're empty. And they can sing the songs. They can say all the right words. When you talk to them, they can engage. But something's not right. And I pray the Lord Jesus tonight would just come to all of us that we would know him, a generation that would know their God and do exploits. I've told our church, and I've put this in front of them this whole year. We came back from Europe in um, January, and we came back to our home church, and I started to show them this image because I feel it's important, Brother Ed, in our churches, that we stay humble. I believe it's real important for us to stay under the cross. Listen to the message. If you can every single day of your life, I know I do, stay close to Jesus. Do you know him tonight? As our musicians come, do you know the Lord Jesus? Or do you know about him and you felt his presence and you sensed his nearness and maybe you've cried before? Maybe you can talk about someone else and you can say, they know Jesus. I'm, I'm speaking really tonight from the bottom of my heart because there's a lot of people I've known my whole life that you thought were very good Christians. Come on now. They're very good Christian. They're like a role model person. And tonight, they're as far away from God, and they left, and they went like this. Something happened along the road. We're not here to judge another person. I don't think that's right. But I can't do that. I don't want to walk away. I don't want to turn. I don't want something to happen in the church and me get so bitter and hard and against that I miss the rapture.
I mean, how are we going to live in heaven with people that we're supposed to be going to heaven and living in the same future home and you're at odd and you talk bad about them and you're against them and are you even going to be in heaven? I'm being real serious tonight. I don't know if that attitude's even going to make it. You're no better than nobody else. If it wasn't for God's grace, if it wasn't for God's grace, you'd be like a piece of gum that somebody threw out on the street. I would be too. God had needs to go by your place. He had needs to go by and talk to you like this tonight because I believe there's going to be a generation that makes it. And they know the Lord. And every service is like they're getting closer to Him. And they're getting closer to Him. And they're getting closer to Him. And don't worry about things that you wrestle with in your mind. God's got all that. And He knows who you should marry. He knows what kind of job you need to have and where you fit in. Stop like just getting all worried like a pretzel. You just see people that are just even believers. Just learn to just relax in his presence. Just as we close the service, five minutes in his presence. Just a few minutes being with him could literally change the trajectory of somebody that's going like this tonight, like this tonight. It could literally just turn that person. And they just start like this young man that was raised in the message and he came back on a service, head down the whole meeting. And by the end of that meeting, I'm told almost every person in that building was at the altar. He's going, and, and they're just like, the Lord fell in that whole building and changed that whole church. Praise be to God. Let's stand. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Mm -hmm. Turn.